0: Every time you read the Bible, do you realize what a gift that is? Or when you meet with other believers, are you thankful? Or when you listen to Christian music? A gospel worker named Dr. Barhane lived in Eritrea, where all those activities are illegal. He says the government of Eritrea will sometimes make citizens sign a statement that says...
1: I will never meet with other Christians. I will never read the Bible, I will never pray, I will never share the gospel, and I will never listen to gospel song. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.
0: Welcome to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton. I'm glad you're with us this week. You know, as we celebrate Independence Day here in the United States, 600 of our brothers and sisters are spending another weekend in jail in the nation of Eritrea. In the early 2000s, I had the privilege of visiting Eritrea. It is a beautiful country full of kind and generous people. Some of the pastors that I met when I was there are among those 600 Christians who are in prison today, and several of those prisoners are closing in on their 5,000th day behind bars. In honor of those 600 believers, I want to share an interview with you this week that was conducted four years ago with a man who also spent time in prison because of his faith. Dr. Berhane is now out of Eritrea, but he continues to monitor and support the church in that nation. And I wish I could tell you that because this interview was recorded four years ago, a lot has changed And it's much better now for Christians in Eritrea. That wouldn't be true. There was a peace deal between Eritrea and Ethiopia that was signed in 2018, and a lot of people thought, okay, this is good news. The Eritrean government won't be so worried about outsiders now, and maybe human rights will get better in Eritrea. That hasn't happened either. And so much of what Dr. Burhani will say about how prisoners are treated, that is still true. That is still going on today in Eritrea. You know, I have an ear for quotes and sound bites. I think it's somewhat of an occupational hazard. But Dr. Burhani said one of the most profound things I think I've ever heard, and you'll hear it in this conversation today, Dr. Burhani spent 11 months in prison, And he asked the question, how do we understand the cross without suffering? I know you're going to be inspired by this conversation. I hope you'll pray for our brothers and sisters in Eritrea, especially those pastors who have been in prison more than 15 years. Dr. Brahani, welcome to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you for having me. Most of us— don't know much about Eritrea. Why is the government so opposed to the church?
1: Eritrea came into existence, the new government in 1993, and before that, our president was very strong Marxist.
0: So his background is is the communist ideology of there is no God. We want to control the people. We want to control religion.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's more of a, of a control he wants everybody to worship him. So he knew that he was not going to get it from from Christians because we, we believe it's only God, it's only Jesus whom we worship. And he didn't like this idea. So that's why he became very strong against
0: Christians. You yourself experienced that firsthand, be, being arrested for your faith and being sent to prison. Uh, tell us a little bit of, of your story
1: uh, this was a long time ago. Before before that, we, we were under the Ethiopian communist regime. At the time also, everything was cracked down. You know, you cannot worship, even you cannot speak against the government, even you cannot have an independent idea. And I was working in this small town in Eritrea. Uh, I was working in a hospital. Then one day the security police came and arrested me and sent me to prison and stay there for 11 months.
0: Even in prison though, God used you. God gave you opportunities to minister. Tell, tell us a little yeah. bit about that. What
1: I thought was when I was arrested, uh, I thought that God is going to work through me. There was a God's purpose for every situation. So at that time I was a new believer, but still I believe that my future is on God's hand. So I wanted to use the opportunity to share God's love to the prison guards, to the fellow prisoners, to the inmates. And God opened this opportunity. So every day uh, I was clapping my hands and prisoners would come forward and I share from the gospel. And sometimes some of the prisoners would stay to ask more questions and ask for prayer. So I did it for 11 months until I was released.
0: How did that affect your faith? Uh, the fact that you were in prison, you saw God working through you, how did that encourage you or, or grow your faith?
1: Yeah, when you're in prison, what you see is hatred. You know, Everybody screams at you. The prisoners fight each other and the prison girls are not nice to you. But you can keep this inner peace. It's because of Jesus. And you wanted to share that piece to the girls and to the prisoners. And sometimes you see people be being touched by that, and they want to hear more about it, and they start to appreciate, you know, your, your faith. So this encouraged me to do more and more. Some people even were asking and were praying and were inviting Jesus Christ uh, to their heart. And when you are in this prison, it's not like prison in the West. Most people were not sentenced. Most of the people were never charged. Just they keep you there. And one day they call five, six, sometimes 20 people and execute them. So nobody knows when he is or she is going to be executed. And I remember one night two guys came to my bedside and borrowed my Bible and they read together and prayed. The next morning one of the guys were executed. So when you see those people being prepared, you know, to to face eternity, you appreciate that you, me being there, was the, that was the purpose of God. So a lot of people prayed with me just before they die. So that's really um, a good
0: opportunity. Did you ever feel discouraged? Did you ever feel like God had had forgotten you?
1: There are times that you feel God has forgotten you, uh, especially when you see 20, 30 people taken from you, your clothes, you know, you become family in the prison. You eat together, you laugh together, and suddenly the prison guard comes with list of names and just you wait. You might be one of them, but you are not. But your friends were part of that group. And you feel bad feeling, but you always, the scripture encouraged me. I remember one day they took 46 people in one day, and I was a bit disturbed. Then I, when I look into my into the scripture, a scripture from the book of Psalms it says, though I walk through the valleys of death you are with me so i felt this is the violence of death i shared with the with the prisoners i told them that's the place where we are but it's not that all god is with us so a lot of people were converted uh, and you can see uh, the power of the
0: scripture for that dark time dark day did they allow you to keep your Bible, or did you have to hide it, or how, to, how was that? I, ha-
1: I had to hide it. I had to smuggle Bible. So sometimes, you know, there is always search. They search and get, uh, take my Bible, but I have to smuggle again. In 11 months, I think I smuggled three times. So it was three times was taking my Bible.
0: One of the things that, that you said earlier today, you said that they separate out the Christians from the other prisoners. Uh, why is that?
1: Uh, because wherever they are in the prison, they always share the gospel. And we had a lot of people get converted, even from Muslim background. So the authors didn't like that. So there are a certain group of people, especially the ones who are free to share the, the, the gospel, you know, they, they built the, a new uh, prison for that purpose, only to host Christians. It's in a remote place. There's no transportation. So they will not have any visitor, and they will have have the comfort, you know, of sharing the gospel to others.
0: So they built a completely separate prison for Christians yeah, so that they wouldn't share the gospel. Yes, yeah. <laughs> That's very sad, but at the same time, it's encouraging to know that uh, even in prison, they are being a witness for Christ, and they are— continuing to share
1: yeah there's more freedom of worship inside the prison than outside because once you are there yeah you, you are there you don't you are not uh, scared of prisonmen so people feel free to worship inside the prison than outside the
0: prison what about the the Christians that are outside the prison what what kinds of changes have they made because of the frequent arrest because of the security danger?
1: They became too secretive, so m- mainly they witness one to one. So you know, uh, people always reject the gospel when they are in groups, but when you uh, when you single them out, they would be more uh, what you call the they accept more the gospel. Uh, so when in sharing the gospel, they do it one to one, and. When conducting Bible study, they they have uh, the strict rules, you know, this confidentiality. They meet in secret places. They change, you know, from one place to another place. So they become wiser and more stricter. So that's why we have less uh, prisoners this year than it used to be.
0: Are there churches that are, that are functioning? Are they meeting in homes? Are they just... How, how does it work to be a Christian in Eritrea? We have
1: only home church, so there are home leaders, and in fact, we, have, we probably have more Christians today than uh, 10 years ago, because there's a multiplication of this church, and a lot of people, even from the families of the authorities, the wives of the, uh, of the people who are persecuting are coming to faith. So we have this opportunities, so people are using that, so the church, church are growing.
0: so how many how many Christians could gather together in in one place at one time before it was too many, before it was too dangerous?:
1: I think they could meet up to 10, 12. Okay. but sometimes they become naughty, you know <laughs> Last year, one guy he gathered 180 people in his house, and the security came and arrested him, (laughs) and all the group, a lot of them were non-believers, just came to listen, to to hear the gospel, and they were released straight away, because when they were told to sign, they signed. Because you have to renounce your faith in order to be released. So these newcomers, it was not an issue, you know, signing. But 90 of them are still in prison.
0: So when the Christians are arrested, if a church meeting is raided, they are given a document to sign that says, I won't be a Christian anymore, or I won't meet together, or what What are they asked to sign?
1: Sometimes they ask one question or three questions or four questions or five. In, for example, one question says, I will never meet with other Christians. I will never read the Bible. I will never pray. I will never share the gospel. And I will never listen to gospel song." So this is one of the... Another one, it says, I will never meet, or I would never, uh, that's the only one. That is the easiest uh,
0: part. So so even listening to a Christian song could get you arrested in Eritrea. Yeah, 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 yes,
1: yeah. Uh, right. well, people do now. You know, some people say, if you go to the tea shops or coffee shops, just people, you know, uh, do it. And I think the government is now tired of Arresting people for that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How does the government treat the Muslims? Because there are Muslims in Eritrea, too. The government obviously doesn't like any religion, really, because they want to control the people. So is there persecution of Muslims also?
1: It's not as bad to Christians. Uh, For example, in the early uh, 1990s, there was this Islamic movement uh, from Sudan. So the government started to crack down on all these Islam Islamist cell groups because they were plotting to overthrow the government. In fact, people say in nineteen ninety six Bin Laden was on in Eritrea. He came from Sudan, so so there there was some Islamist movement in the mid nineties. Still, the government is fine with moderate Muslims, and although there is also uh, he tries to control them, but at least they are allowed to build mosques and they are allowed to worship freely. So they are not being targeted for being Muslims or for for praying. Mm-hmm. But they are being targeted if they are uh, one of the extremists try to overthrow the mm. the president the president. So
0: how do you personally deal with the challenge of? Uh, I I know your phone rings and and you talk to Christians in Eritrea. You hear about the arrests. You hear about the beatings. You hear about the torture. How do you deal with that? How do you respond to that?
1: Yeah, it's really sad. Uh, Sometimes I really struggle to cope with uh, all this news, especially when I heard someone murdered because of his face or someone was badly tortured. And sometimes they take all the families with children, including the infants, and they leave them in prison in a very poor situation. I used to have sometimes nightmare. The only thing that comforted me was also the positive results that comes out of that. When they share the gospel and when people get converted, and they still feel that there's the power of God. Or in with them, but it's very difficult to dealing with uh, with this issue. Well, especially I'm in mean, a very comfortable place now, in London.
0: So, are there particular scriptures that you draw strength from, or particular songs, or just how do you how do you recharge your battery to to do another day dealing with pain and suffering?
1: Yeah, whenever I read the scripture, it's uh, full of persecution. In the, in the scripture, you know. In fact, Paul says, anyone who wants to live according to the will of God will be persecuted. And I know these people have choices. If they want, they can avoid persecution. And it's their choice. And it's a good choice. So that's also something that comforts me. Persecution doesn't come to us by surprise. It's a situation that we have to be prepared. When I became a Christian, I had this mentality, not to suffer. I always was ready. I always live a very uh, mild life because I don't want to just to say that I uh, I will be established in here. I never was been established anywhere because I knew uh, one day I'm going to be taken. I'm going to be arrested. So, you know, if you prepare ahead of time, uh, when it comes to you, you, you just start to praise God because it is God who who, who is in control.
0: And how do you prepare? Uh, because I think most Americans, we don't even think about the possibility that we could suffer for our faith. I think so. we have to
1: we have to read the scripture as it is. Sometimes we select some uh, uh, some scriptures that deals with blessings and we just want to meditate on them. but we have to balance it. Of course, God is the God who blesses us. But sometimes also he lets us go through suffering in order to share in his suffering. We how do we understand the cross unless we suffer? We don't bring suffering. Suffering is not a pleasant thing. Nobody wants to. We always, you know, it's our natural instinct to flee from suffering. But sometimes there is a place where we cannot flee, so we have to embrace it. And at that time, God gives us grace. To understand what real suffering means and out of that suffering we can share life the life of jesus we can share the love of jesus people know that we love them when they see us you know being strong during the time of suffering in the prison when they were executing people when they look at me i was filled with the peace of christ they wanted to know more about him Do we want this jesus because uh, uh, they knew that it was real. So suffering sometimes brings Jesus closer to our heart.
0: And I think that's a lesson you don't understand until you suffer. Uh, yeah. it's, uh, I can hear you say it, but until I experience it, it doesn't really take a hold.
1: Yeah, I, I never uh, thought it would be a blessing to me. When I was a Christian, I was always avoided, uh, you know, suffering. But I found myself in that situation, and God gives grace for that particular time. So we don't understand when people pass through the martyrdom what they feel on that particular time, but the Holy Spirit gives them grace, and we don't understand what sort of joy they would have inside.
0: Your work now is, is to be a voice for Eritrean Christians. Can you talk a little bit about your work and your organization and what you do?
1: Yeah, about 10 years ago, I co-founded an organization. We called it Release Eritrea. And this was in response to the persecution that was happening in Eritrea. We thought we could do at least three things. One is we could let the world know what's happening in Eritrea. Secondly, we could support the Christians, you know, financially and with some material help. Thirdly, we could mobilize prayer. Based on that, we started this organization, and so far we are helping all these prisoners' families. And also we do some work with refugees because some Christians are now left Eritrea and they are living in Ethiopia in exile. Uh, It's estimated up to 100,000 Eritreans are now in Ethiopia and hundreds of thousands in Sudan, in Egypt, in Israel. So all these people need our support. So we have uh, different centers now. We have a safe house in Egypt, three safe houses. When people get kidnapped by the Bedawin in the Sinai, Sometimes when they flee from their kidnappers, so they we get them and house them in our safe house. And after they are released from prison also in Egypt, we send them to our safe house. In Israel, we do mainly pastoral care because when people pass across the Sinai, especially most of the women have, you know, experienced all this... Uh, Appalling, you know, a situation like rape and torture. So we have this women's center that we we conduct, you know, that's pastoral care counseling. uh, And we do a lot of physical assistance also.
0: As we close, I want to—we always want people to pray. Uh, And so as our listeners are praying for the country of Eritrea, uh, how can they pray? How should they pray?
1: First, we, we need to, to pray for a change in the government, because that's the main source for all these uh, atrocities, you know, for all this imprisonment and being exiled. Uh, so pray for the government for change. We a good government is from God, so we want a good democratic government that allows us for freedom of worship. But pray also for the prisoners. Now it has been long, over ten years, and they, I, I can understand they will miss their wives, their children. Um, so we can imagine how uh, what sort of things have we, how, you know, have we done in the past ten years? But these people haven't done anything, just in prison. So we need to pray for them for their release, and also for strength, for for health. And also we need to pray for, for the families, they are suffering from loneliness and most of these people are left without any support because the husbands are the main breadwinners in Eritrea uh, and we can also understand it's tough for the children and for the wives. So also pray for the families.
0: Dr. Burhani, thank you for your testimony. Thank you for being a voice for our brothers and sisters in Eritrea. And thank you for being with us today. Okay, thank you very much. You'll want to be back with us next week here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. We're going to hear an update about China and the continuing wave of persecution that is going on there. A wave that hasn't even slowed down. In the face of the coronavirus pandemic, you'll be inspired, you'll be equipped to pray. Join us again next week right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.